Yes, baseball is back. Let's go. I cannot tell you how excited I am. I was running around my house when this happened. I legit, I have a torn labrum. I legitimately almost threw my shoulder out of the socket, running around, absolutely going insane. This is such an incredible day. Baseball is back, my friends. America's pastime is back. Oh my gosh, what a day this has been. I immediately caught up this entire team in here. I was like, we got to do a show. We have to do this show. Everybody drove up here. We're all doing it. We're killing it. Props to everybody involved in this. Spur of the moment type of thing. And here we are live because baseball is back. Today was the 99th day of the Major League Baseball lockout. 99 days. We didn't even get to 100. I never doubted it. Never a single doubt in my mind. But you know what? Today is a really, really big day in Major League Baseball history. And it will forever be a big day. If, if they hadn't come to a deal today, this could have gone on longer and longer and gotten worse and worse. But you know what? They got to a deal. On the 99th day of the Major League lockout, we came to a deal. All 162 games are still going to be played. Look, at the end of the day, for all the stress that was caused, for everything involved that has gone on for the last 99 days, here we are. Opening day is April 7th. 162 baseball games are still going to be played. Today is March 10th. On March 13th, March 13th is the mandatory report date to spring training. We're getting right into it. We're immediately going to be thrown into the fire. The deal officially, officially becomes official. The deal becomes official tonight after the owners ratify it at their meeting at 6 p.m. Eastern time. As soon as that is over, free agency opens up. Tonight, free agency, the madness that will ensue, all starts Tonight, oh, I can't, like, I'm not even just this excited right now. It's literally been since this deal came official at like 12, 11 Pacific time today. I have been going insane. What a day for Major League Baseball. What a day this has been. I want to talk about the last 48 hours that we have been through. The last 48 hours of this have, have been equally as crazy as any point we've had to date. Florida, that roller coaster we had down in Florida at Roger Dean Stadium, that was nuts. This last 48 hours, it's been nuts as well. Just a couple days ago, I had Bob Nightingale on my show, right here. And he said, on my podcast, I think this is going to get done. I don't think today, I think tomorrow. And he was referring to yesterday. So what, what happened in that time? How, what all has happened? Well, here we were yesterday, getting closer and closer and closer to a deal. And then all of a sudden, we hear there's a holdup. Because of course there is. There was a holdup. It was the international draft, okay? So they're getting close to a deal. The international draft becomes a huge topic, and it shuts everything down. No deal yesterday. But the two sides kept talking. They talked throughout the night. And then we wake up this morning and we hear early in the morning that they finalized an agreement 
on the international draft. So then talks continued, and at that point, I knew it. To be fair, I knew. I, I say I knew it. I, nobody has been more positive about this throughout. I never lost my positivity, somehow. Credit to me for that, because that was difficult. But I remained positive this whole time, and then I heard this morning that an agreement was done on the international draft, and I knew it. I knew today was going to be the day at that point. They were too close on all of these money things. So then you hear, okay, this deal's happening. Um, a deal is now on the table, and players are going to vote on it. And then I'm like, oh, all right. So then they start voting, and we start hearing about the votes. <laughs> and then we start hearing that everybody's voting yes. This is great. Everybody's voting yes. Haven't even heard of people voting no. And then things start creeping out. Well, the New York Mets, the Mets aren't, the, the Mets aren't in on this. Okay, well, fine. There's, there's many other teams. The Mets, the Mets don't want to go over the threshold. The CBT, the fourth tier of the CBT, that became an issue for them. And rightfully so, if you're the Mets. Look, Steve Cohen has, has shown, I want to win. That's what I want to do. I want to win. I don't care what it takes. I have more money than you guys. I don't care. I'm going to spend more money than you. I'm going to win. I'm going to get Max Scherzer. I don't care. So the Mets don't want to hinder him in that. They get frustrated with that fourth tier of CBT, and they say, eh, we're not exactly in on this. But then you think, okay, there's 29 other teams. We're going to be fine. Then it comes out that the executive board of the Players Union votes no. They voted no. So then I'm like, no, please. All, all of us, all of, all of baseball Twitter. First off, congratulations to us, by the way. Baseball Twitter, the baseball world, congrats to us. We deserve this. We deserve this deal. Nobody went through more. We, we weren't in those meetings. We got the brunt of everything that was fed to us, and man, was it an emotional roller coaster. I tweeted at one point today that I think, I, my, verbatim, I think I'm going to throw up. And I was dead serious. I almost did throw up. I just, I couldn't handle. I couldn't handle this. It was going back and forth and back and forth. And I think a deal's going to get done. And then the executive board votes no. So then I'm like, great. But then me being Mr. Positivity, big positivity guy, I thought, okay, there's still, all the other teams still have to vote. I truly believe the players and, and the majority of the players want to do this. They want to play. Then we finally got a tweet that says the majority of players are voting yes. It was, in fact, here's the John Heyman tweet right here. Union executive board vote was eight to zero. So that was my first thought with this executive board was, okay, there's eight of them. Did they all vote no? Or maybe the vote was split and that gives us a better chance. Turns out they all voted no. They all voted against the MLB proposal, but teams voted 26 to four in favor of it, carrying the day. And adds John Heyman, Un unusual that the general player population goes so far against player leadership. But they did, and here we are. Baseball is back. The four teams that voted against the proposal, Mets, Yankees, Astros, Cardinals. You know, and, and it makes sense. These teams are spending I actually wonder with this, I look at this, and we know the Mets are on, we know why they are. Steve Cohen is out spending, spending, spending. The Yankees are the Yankees. They always spend. 
The Astros were on this list. And part of me wonders if they really wanted to make a strong push at Carlos Correa. I don't know. But this might hinder them from doing that. This might say, okay, this is going to put us way too over that top tier. We're going to get there. We can't afford to do that. No. Uh, but part of me wonders if, if this could affect that at all. And then the Cardinals, if, if you're a Cardinals fan, you should be happy they're on this list, I think. Because this says, hey, we, we're ready to go. We want to spend as much as... And there's obviously a lot more that goes into it. Um, there was a lot that went into this vote today. Right at the last second, um, it might not have been exactly the last second, but right at the end, we started hearing, as in the world, the fans, baseball Twitter, that some of the past grievances were being tied into the deal. So that became part of it. So it's not all a money issue why players voted no. Um, but when all is said and done, after the end of this wild, wild journey, the players' vote was 26 to 12 in favor of baseball being back. And immediately, Twitter went wild. Let's take a look at some of these reactions. Mike Trout, the GOAT, with CU and Tempe. Let's go. With a gif of another GOAT, might I add, Tiger Woods. Marcus Stroman. I love this one from Stroman. Come through and let's have Wrigley jumping, my dog, at Carlos Correa <laughs> and at Cubs. Marcus Stroman immediately making that recruitment push for Carlos Correa. Andrew McCutcheon. Well, where am I signing? <laughs> we don't give enough credit to, to Twitter during this entire time. This is, this is great stuff. Jock Peterson. Jocktober. So happy baseball is back. That was the general consensus. Cal Ripken Jr. And then here's this guy, Justin Verlander, who, let me talk about this for a second. My brother has been out of baseball for almost two years now. And now, after going through everything, after the world going crazy with COVID, after the COVID season, and he got hurt in that season, and then got Tommy John and missed all of last season, now here he is healthy, ready to go, and we have all this going on. I talked to him earlier today. He could not be more excited and ready to go. And of course, he uses a gif of himself saying, let's go. Pretty much the general consensus. I, look, I got I to gotta give a shout out here to, to Twitter during all of this time because, man, what an emotional roller coaster. And you know, it got to, at first, when all of this started, I was like, man, this is in the age of social media, we're going to go through a lockout. This this will be, be good because all the info will be out there. I'm not so sure going through a lockout is good for one, anybody involved, two, the fans, my mental health, anybody's mental stability. It's not. It can't be. Oh, I mean, after... After the Florida thing, it was crazy. But speaking of Florida, this is where the man became a legend, even more of a legend. I had him on the show the other day, and I want to bring in a guest right now, Bob Nightingale, to talk a little bit about what has happened today. Bob, welcome. You're, uh, I think you're on mute, Bob. I'm going to mute it for a second if you can. <laughs> Can you hear me? Hey, Ben, I can hear you. Perfect. Great Bob, to see you. 
first, thank you so much for joining me again. Uh, what a big day for baseball. Um, let's let's talk about today. Um, one, you 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 came on this show a couple of days ago and said that you thought a deal would get done tomorrow, as in yesterday. And in my opinion, it was it was gonna get done. And then the international draft became a big thing. Um, where did that come out of nowhere, or was that kind of a thing all along? I think it was kind of a thing all along, but nobody really talked about it. I think there was a whole lot of uh, miscommunication because we had heard in Florida that there's no more qualifying offer that MLB had said, you know, no more restrictions on free agency. Uh, didn't know it was tied to. MLB thought all along was tied, you know, to an international draft. It turns out it wasn't. So, you know, late last night after MLB had announced that, you know, two weeks of games are gone, uh, they, they got an email and said, how about this idea? It was really too late to consider. And so this morning it was hammered out easy, like, you know, let's put, the, uh, let's put this aside. We don't know what the right answer is. We'll push it back to July 25th, and then we'll decide whether we want an international draft or not, which wouldn't happen anyway until 2024. Once that happened, they were so close in the numbers, and then it was almost a piece of cake. Yeah. <laughs> what have, nothing has been a piece of cake during this time. I'll tell you that much, though. What have, what have the emotions been like from, from the player's side the last day to today? Like, wh- was it as much of a roller coaster for us following along? Uh, were the players kind of in the same boat, or were they even keel this whole time? Let's figure this out and get a right deal for us. I don't think they were stressing out, but I thought it was very telling in the vote today, Ben, the fact that, you know, of the, uh, of the teams, 26 of the 30 said, let's do this. So the vote was 26 to 4. The executive council was, you know, all eight against it. So, you know, the massive uh, players spoke. And remember now, most of these players are young players. Uh, I think 60, 62% of them were making less than a million dollars last year. Yep. So they're saying, oh, my God, our minimum salary is going from 570 to 700 with uh, it, these uh, bonuses now if I'm not eligible for salary arbitration. So I think they said this is a great deal. MLB is not moving anymore. Let's grab this thing. So l- let's talk about that vote today. As you just mentioned, the board voted 8-0 against it. And then here you have the strong majority of the league and the players voting for it. How, how is that possible, Bob? And, and why is that the case? Why do we have this executive board in place that's saying no, 8 no, all, all in favor of no? And then we have the teams overwhelmingly, yes. How, how, how is that the case? Well, it's interesting because that board is made up of a lot of players who have made a lot of money and are still making a lot of money. You know, whether it's a, uh, you know, a Max Scherzer, uh, a Garrett Cole, uh, Marcus Simeon, uh, Francisco Lindor. Those guys have made, you know, a lot of money and they're going to keep making a lot of money. Um, most of baseball are young players and say, wait a minute now. Uh, I don't really want to miss, you know, uh, a $3,000 a day paycheck, let alone, you know, Scherzer would be missing 232000 a day. So I think there's so many young players that said, man, this is a great opportunity for us so much better than we've ever had uh the minimum salary you know nobody nobody thought it would jump up to that that quickly and the bonus pool is brand new so i think they said this is a fair deal you guys can say what you want but i'm voting yes uh because even when the word was going you know down for a while there 
you know, I saw your tweet, Dad was, oh, I'm going to get sick. It was just, those guys were still taking votes. So the players I talked to said, wait a minute now, we haven't voted no on this thing. We kind of like it. And sure enough, when the final vote came out, you know, 26 of 30 teams says, you know, we're on board. That, that tweet was not an overreaction, by the way. This has taken a toll on my mental stability. It has been wild. What about for you, Bob? I know you're in the heart of it. You're covering this, and it's going back and forth and back and forth. Like, where were you mentally during all of this? Yeah, it was a crazy times. And you're, you're kind of just glued to your phone, glued to your computer, you know, living here in Phoenix area. You know, the idea was to get to a few spring training camps. And so this thing got started. Uh, but with the negotiations going on every day and then going on in Florida, you know, I thought at some point they'll probably have negotiations come to Phoenix. Uh, but yeah, you're just kind of glued inside. And, you know, might, have, might as well have been 40 below zero in Phoenix instead of nice weather because I wasn't going outside much anyway. <laughs> Uh, the funny thing today, Ben, is I stepped outside to grab a uh, sandwich. The deal is done. I go drive back home quickly. Who do I run to the parking lot? Bud Seelig. Seelig had no idea, and he thought I was pulling his leg. It took him 10 to 15 minutes for me to convince him the deal was done. <laughs> no way. That's incredible. <laughs> so you have Bud Seelig, former commissioner of the league, and you run it. You break the news to him, and he didn't believe you. <laughs> that, that sounds about right. Um, so, hey, the, like we talked about, the big holdup last night and, and at the beginning of the day was the international draft. Now, I hear a, a lot of people, okay, the international draft was a big deal. I know that. But what is the big deal? Why are a, a lot of players so against it? Why does the league want it? So I guess my question would be as, as simple as you could possibly make it because i know it's complicated why why don't the players want it so bad and why does the league i think the league wants to control all the legal activity that's going on curb that stop that stuff with the Bisconis, kids signing at 12 and 13 years old you know getting out of control you know just so many dirty uh, politics going on and uh and i think that with the players you know, i think it was pretty divided there's a whole lot of players American players that said, I want the international draft, you know, just like you've been, when you go to, uh, you know, high school and, and college, you get drafted, you're not a free agent. You only have one team drafting you. Uh, you know, when you're in the Dominicans and the other countries, you got 30 teams. You're a free agent at the age of 17. So uh, it was very split among teams, very split among players, whether they should have international draft. So now until, you know, Jul July 25th, People can study it. They can talk to uh, people to see whether they should do it or not. And remember, it won't start till 2024, but it happens. So it gives two more years to talk to the right people and, and how to actually handle, you know, the, the floor market. So I, I know a, a lot of people had a, a hand in this, and we started hearing a lot of things back and forth and back and forth today. How much of a factor do and did agents have on all of this. And, and you know, I'm going to say Scott Boris because he's kind of the one with the most power, I feel like, amongst owners and or amongst agents and the biggest voice. How much of a say was he having in what was happening today in the vote? Yeah, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, MLB people have talked about that. Other agents have talked about that. Uh, the fact of the matter is five of the eight members of the executive board are Scott Boris clients. Uh, we know that everybody voted no on it. 
Um, you talk to Scott Boris, he said those guys, you know, make up their own opinion. I give them information on things, but they make <laughs> yeah. up their minds. So read it, you know, read into it what you will. But he had a, you know, a lot of influence on that board. And, uh, you know, to a point where I think a lot of agents have been talking next CBA, no one, or, you know, even beginning next year, no one should be allowed to represent more than two players on executive board. You know, that no agent should wield that, wield that, wield that kind of power. Let's, let's do anything but talk about the next CBA. Please, for the love of God, <laughs> we are not talking about that. Um, one more, or another question I have for you would be, today, at least from the outside, it, be, it became pretty apparent that the league wanted to include the grievances, past grievances, um, into this deal. Did that become a big issue at all? Had that kind of been talked about in the past they wanted to do that? Or was it seeming on our side, it was, okay, here's this deal. We want to put this in. Or, or was that not the case? No, I guess, uh, you know, talking to uh, this in Florida, Ron Blum, who's been covering uh, labor issues forever for Associated Press, he said at the end of every uh, CBA uh, negotiation, you always address that. And so this is nothing new. So what they did address was the 2020. They got rid of that grievance. Remember when the uh, – Players want to play earlier yep. and have more games. So that's not the window. The one from a few years ago when uh, the grievance charges that the small market teams aren't trying to win and just, you know, pocketing the revenue sharing checks, that one's still outstanding. But certainly MLB kind of shrugs your shoulders and, you know, says no big deal. But apparently at the end of every labor deal, the grievances are supposed to be all resolved before moving on. Well, here we are, Bob. We're back to 162 games after all is said and done things were crazy people were pissed off and now here we are a full season is going to take place in just about a week less than it was originally scheduled what's their plan there 162 games still in about a week less how are they going to make that up yeah so they'll do they'll start the season a week late ben so it's going to start on april 7th which is on a uh, uh friday uh uh, it might be a Thursday, but anyways, April 7th it starts. And then what they're going to do is, so every team missed six or seven games. So you'll make up uh, three or four of those games with double hitters. And then what Major League Baseball do is they're going to extend the season by three days. Uh, so three days longer. And then hope to make up that, that extra time with maybe fewer off days in the postseason. Uh, but, hey, the double hitters will be nine innings, back to traditional rules, no more ghost runners, um, baseball the way it was meant to be played all along. <laughs> well, Bob, in my opinion, this, this whole process, you became, you, you became the Babe Ruth of baseball Twitter. You called your shot, and in my opinion, you, you figured it out and you got it right. How do, you, be, you became a superstar during all this. How, how do you feel about that? I think you're my leading campaign manager, Ben. So I definitely <laughs> am. Any attention I got, I'm, I'm giving uh, credit to you. <laughs> you know, I got a lot of, uh, I got jerseys in my house of players I cover in football, basketball. So, you know, for, forget about Justin Verlander. I would love to have a Ben Verlander <laughs> jersey one day hanging here. <laughs> All right. I'll, you, those, aren't, those aren't available online. I'll have to scrounge one out of my old bags and, and find one for you. But, Bob, <laughs> thank you for joining me uh, the other day on the show. And thank you for joining me now. This is a great, great day in baseball history. And thank you for everything you did. Seriously, I mean this. Thank you for everything you did throughout covering it and, and bringing us as much info as you could. 
No, thank you, Ben. Look forward to seeing you in, uh, at Angels Camp at Shohei. Yes, sir. That's right. Be there soon. <laughs> oh, man. What a day. If you guys have not yet listened to the Bob Nightingale podcast that I did with him just a couple of days ago, make sure you go listen to it. We talked, one, he gave his opinion on why he thought this deal was close. But we also talked about everything that happened in Florida, the story with him bringing bagels to the stadium and, and how that turned to be. Just how he became a legend. In my opinion, he, he's, he's a legend in my opinion. But go check out that episode. Um, and, and thanks again for him to join me right now. Um, and of course, it, there's not a live show without a muted Zoom microphone. You just you can't do it. So, um, so, so let's go over everything we need to know. Here we are. Baseball is back. What now? What do you need to know now? Well, there were a lot of talks one way or the other in this CBA agreement about how to how are we going to handle this? Are there going to be expanded playoffs? Is there going to be a DH? Are there going to be extra rules? All of that stuff. Let's walk through that. 12 playoff teams, not 14, 12. Something that the players very much so were adamant about. We did not want 14. Why? Well, 14 teams would really dilute the regular season. Baseball plays 162 regular season games. If almost half of the teams are making the playoffs, it's not exactly what is the point, but it does definitely dilute the regular season. So we did have 10 playoff teams. It is expanding to 12. So there will be 12 playoff teams. All of that talk about a ghost win, all of that not happening. None of that is happening because we are officially going to have 12 playoff teams. The designated hitter, officially official. We knew that. We were pretty certain of it. But as of today, at 12.15 Pacific time, when this deal was struck, the designated hitter, the universal DH, is now and probably forever a part of Major League Baseball. No more pitchers hitting. No more pitchers just standing up there looking awful and talking to you, Justin. None of that anymore. No more bunts with, you know, a one out already and a runner on first. None of that. No more swings and misses and a pulled oblique. We saw Jacob deGrom get a little tweak injury last year while hitting. None of that anymore. Thankfully, you can focus on what you need to focus on, and that is pitching. Now, we will see a big difference here from the pitcher side. In the National League, not having a DH is good for almost a full run difference when it comes to pitching. Every nine at-bats, you're facing a pitcher that can't hit instead of a, a J.D. Martinez, a Jordan Alvarez, guys like that that are forces at the plate. So that's going to be a big deal. Uh, then you go to the rules. The rules was a big talking point here. Now, rule changes are coming. It will not be this year. It could potentially start next year, but there's no even guarantee there. Banning the shift. Modifying the shift, I, li I like to use. A pitch clock. A play clock, I like to say, because batters, batters take forever out of the box as well. And uh, larger bases are coming as well. So there was a lot tied into here that I wanted to discuss and wanted to talk about. Uh, and, and here is a good tweet from John Heyman at, at the end of this day. On my scorecard, the union got a very good deal. 230 million CBT threshold. Now, this kind of gets into the weeds, but if you were paying attention during it, you'll, you'll know. Uh, into the CBT threshold, 700K minimum. But 
baseball's back. That's what you need to know. That's all you need to know. And we'll continue through it. $50 million bonus pool. Qualifying offer likely goes away, assuming the world draft is agreed to. Universal DH. Draft lottery, which is big. That helps the competitive imbalance of the league. There will now be a draft lottery. You can't tank and put a bad product out on the field and then expect to get the first overall pick. That's not going to happen anymore. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that, to be honest with you. Full service time for the rookie of the year and more. Um, but yeah, I wanted to talk about this qualifying offer likely goes away, assuming the international draft is agreed to. So the qualifying offer has been something that's been a part of baseball for, for a while now. But essentially, when a guy is becoming a free agent, the team that he was on has the ability to offer a qualifying offer to that player. And if they do not accept, the team gets a draft pick, a good draft pick. So that draft compensation, essentially. So that is going away. And, and over the last, I forget how many years, but I just saw some 11 of the over 100 qualifying offers of past have been accepted. Only 11. So it's not something that's accepted very often. So now this is tied into the international draft. And this is how they ended up settling the whole international draft situation that arose yesterday. They've agreed to push it until July 25th. The two sides are going to talk about it. If an international draft is agreed to by July 25th, then the qualifying offer is going to go away, which is something that the players want. If the international draft is not agreed to, then the status quo will stay the same. The qualifying offer will stay. Everything as we know it will stay. But we came to an agreement, and the players, the players look, the players did well here, but they needed to. The past few CBAs weren't great for them. This was, this was good for, for the game of baseball, in my opinion. At the end of the day, here's who I think won. Us, the fans, the people of social media, because we can relax. Two, the players. Three, the game of baseball, which is a win-win for everybody involved. The game of baseball won today. The competitive imbalance situation will be fixed. I was tired of seeing teams like, like the, the Pirates, who year in and year out haven't put a great product out on the field. They end up with the first overall pick, and it's just a vicious cycle. The fans deserve better, and the game of baseball deserves better. We got that today. The game of baseball took a big W today. And I could not be happier. I needed it. I'll tell you that much. I absolutely needed this. Uh, but there's really no resting here. Why? Well, because in just a few in just a few minutes from now, the owners are expected to vote and to make this officially official. And then immediately following, free agency is open. There are like 40 free agents that still need to sign. And some massive, massive names. Carlos Correa, Freddie Freeman, Trevor Story, Carlos Rodon. The the names go on and on and on. So 
let's let's break this down. Let's let's break down. So let's break down free agency and and where we're gonna go from here. What happens? Well, Carlos Correa is. What's gonna happen with Correa now? Carlos Correa has been a Houston Houston Astro his entire life. Now, pay the man. Somebody, pay the man. That's my first takeaway when it comes to all of this. When it comes to Carlos Correa, pay the man. Because he is a stud and deserves his money. But now we get to talk about where he's going. Where, where's he going to go? My, my initial thought was the Yankees. I thought they had a strong possibility. But as the lockout went on and on, I, I don't believe the Yankees are going to go in that direction. I still believe that the Cubs have a legitimate chance here. I know they made a push for him. I know Carlos Correa reached out to Javi Baez before the lockout and asked him all about the Cubs. I know they went all in on Marcus Stroman, so I know they do want to win. Could he go there? I had Bob Nightingale on the show just the other day, and I asked him the same question. He thinks the Dodgers are a sleeper team. Trey Turner, yes, is there right now, but he only has one more year left. He... He doesn't want to play second base, but you could slide him over and put Carlos at shortstop. But look, we just got this tweet from Alex Bregman as well. Let's take a look at this tweet from Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman says he'll continue to work to get Carlos Correa back with the Astros. Alex Bregman was quoted saying, oh, all the time, every every day. I'm about to call him now. The push for Carlos Correa around the league has already started, and it's funny to see. Marcus Stroman reaching out from the Cubs, as we saw earlier. Uh, Alex Bregman, his, his, his teammate on that side of the field, the left side of the infield, Alex Bregman over there at third, he wants his shortstop back. But it's going it, to be wild. Freddie Freeman is another one. Look, Freddie Freeman, I thought, would be an Atlanta Brave for life. To be honest with all of you, I do not want to live in a world where Freddie Freeman isn't an Atlanta Brave, but I might have to come to that realization here soon. As the lockout has gone on, I know the two sides aren't able to talk, but it certainly started to get the feel that Freddie Freeman was going to have plenty of options elsewhere, and they were going to be better than what the Braves were willing to offer. I am still hopeful he goes back to the Braves. I think the universal DH becoming official gives both sides as in the Braves and him, more leeway there. You can give him some more years, and at the back end of his career, he could DH. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. We just got this tweet from SNY just a couple of minutes ago. The Yankees are expected to engage with Freddie Freeman ASAP. The Yankees are a place that I heard was going to make a strong push at him. Freddie Freeman, the New York Yankee? I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like the sound of that. I'm not going to like the sound of anything other than Freddie Freeman, the Atlanta Brave. Another possibility for him is is the Dodgers. Max Muncy came out the other day and said, hey, imagine our lineup with Freddie Freeman. We want him. This is about more than Freddie Freeman, the player. Freddie Freeman, the person, the clubhouse personality, um, the the role model to younger players, he is going to be an asset on any team that he goes to. And an important one at that. That goes without saying. But the now World Series champion. Here's the Max Muncy uh, statement from the other day. Imagine how dangerous we'd be if we get Freddie Freeman in that lineup. 
I can't disagree with that. Imagine how dangerous they would be. Now, we, now Chris Bryant. Let's talk about Chris Bryant. Where's he going to go? This is crazy. Think about these names we're throwing out right now. Carlos Correa, Freddie Freeman, Chris Bryant. There's three days until spring training, the mandatory report date. Three days. And these names that I'm throwing out in free agency are massive superstars of the game. Now, they don't have to sign in three days. And I don't know if they all will. Maybe we'll get one to sign in the next couple of days. But they're going to have to sign quick. And these names are massive. So now we have Chris Bryant. Where's he going to go? You know where I think would be a great fit? Speaking of, speaking of the Mets not wanting to spend or, or not wanting there to be another layer to the CBT, I think they want Chris Bryant. I think Chris Bryant would be a great fit in New York. I think he'd be a great fit there. He's versatile. He can play third base, outfield, first base, anywhere you want him. He's there. But he's another name to look out for here. And then you start thinking, okay, if Carlos Correa doesn't sign with the Astros, because in my opinion, they can't, they, they can't offer him the deal that, that he wanted. He wanted upwards of $300 million. And to be honest with you, Jim Crane of the Astros just doesn't do those long-term deals. He doesn't do 10-year deals. He doesn't do eight and up. Will he get that elsewhere? I don't know. But once he falls, then it opens up the market for everybody else. He's that top chip. Then it opens it up for everybody. This tweet about uh, Chris Bryant, I think Chris Bryant comes off the board tonight, and I believe that it will be the Mets who sign him. The Mets have done things right this all. I'm excited to watch the Mets. You get Scherzer, DeGrom, Marte, Escobar, Canna. Imagine Chris Bryant in that lineup. Man. Man, that's going to be exciting. So, look, there's still plenty of names out there as well. I mean, the list just goes on and on. I also think if Correa signs elsewhere, I think Trevor Story could, could end up with the Astros. That's certainly a possibility, in my opinion. Trevor Story to the Strohs? Is that going to happen? I don't know. But let's move on. Talk about... Another free agent. Who, who else is out there? Feed me, another, feed me another name to talk about. Anthony Rizzo. Anthony Rizzo. Where's Rizzo going? I actually thought he was a great fit in New York with the Yankees, but I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, at least it doesn't, it doesn't sound like it. They're making a strong push at Freddie Freeman. But if Freddie Freeman signs quickly in the next couple of days, then maybe the Yankees, I don't want to say fall back on. Anthony Rizzo is a great player, but... Maybe they fall to, maybe Anthony Rizzo then becomes a priority. Maybe Anthony Rizzo ends up in Boston with the Red Sox. I've heard that. What are the Red Sox going to do? Kyle Schwarber coming back? These names that we just keep throwing out are insane. So, you know, we see this all the time, especially in in basketball as you approach the deadline. We get woge bombs about where these basketball guys are going to be traded and where all these free agents are going to go. I don't know. I don't know if we've ever seen anything like what we're about to see in Major League Baseball. Things are going to happen. Things are going to happen fast. It's currently uh, 5.43 on the East Coast. This agreement will become officially official after the owners' meeting at 6 o'clock. 
So we might be just a couple of hours away from these free agents starting to sign somewhere. Nick Castellanos is another one. Friend of the podcast, Nick Castellanos. So go back, check out that episode if you want. Don't have to, but you should. Uh, where's he going to go? I've, I've thought all along a good fit for him would be the Phillies. Um, but I, I've heard a good bit about the Marlins. But look, Nick Castellanos is, is an all-star. He's a phenomenal bat. Oh, my God. I'm getting overwhelmed just thinking about all these names that have to sign somewhere. Like I said, we've never seen anything like this. It's about to be wild. And we haven't even talked. Everybody we've talked about to this point has been a position player. We haven't even gotten to the pitchers. Let's talk about Clayton Kershaw, a surefire Hall of Famer, a Los Angeles Dodger. What, a Los Angeles Dodger for life? Well, I don't know. Los Angeles Dodgers um, are certainly going to make a push for him. But in my opinion, this comes down to the Dodgers and the Rangers who are certainly going to make a strong push at him. The Rangers, who have spent almost half a billion dollars this offseason, let's not forget about that. The Rangers, aren't going to, the Rangers aren't going to be awful anymore. But look, it was getting to the point where the, the, the Clayton Kershaw situation was getting a little scary. Raising Canes, that's where he signed. That's where Clayton Kershaw signed in this offseason. With raising canes, <laughs> they, they tweeted the other day that we have signed Clayton Kershaw. But I, I don't think that's going to work out much longer because somebody's about to pay him a lot of money. And look, I, I, if I had to predict right now, I think he's going to the Rangers. I do. I think it's close right now. I think it's a toss-up. Obviously, I'm not, in, I'm not in his head. I'm not in anybody's head involved. But, but I do know for a fact that the Rangers have set aside their money specifically to go after Clayton Kershaw. They have an entire allowance, if you will, an entire budget to go get Clayton Kershaw and bring him home where he's from. So that'll be an interesting one. Another really interesting one, a guy that really has come on the scene here in the last year or two, Carlos Rodon, a guy that had been through a lot of injuries, had really struggled and lost his velo, and then 2021 comes, and the guy is a certified ace last year. I mean, in the Cy Young conversation for a while, but now he's a free agent. Where's Carlos Rodon going to sign? I don't know. The Angels? I've heard the Angels. I think the Angels will be a great fit. Look, give the Angels credit here. What they have done so far this offseason, and we will continue to see them do more, is go out and make a lot of deals for pitchers. Noah Syndergaard, Michael Lorenzen, Aaron Loop, Rysel Iglesias. Now here they are, and I think Carlos Rodon would be such a good fit for that rotation. Then you put him and Shohei, my best friend. By the way, we get Shohei Otani back. Yes! Oh, okay. God, that just made me so happy. Shohei is back. How happy do you think Shohei is right now? All Shohei Otani wants to do is play baseball. That's all he wants to do. He wakes up, he eats, sleeps, and breathes baseball. And he couldn't do it. 
But now he can't. We get baseball back. We get Shohei Otani back. I get to talk about him hitting massive bombs. And he's back. Let's go. I can't wait to watch Shohei Otani. So he's expected to come over, obviously, any day now, back from Japan. He's immediately going to go into spring training. I have to go down to spring training to see him, to talk to him. Man, that would be great. Um, But look, this guy's coming off perhaps the best season that we have ever seen. It would have been awful had had this lockout gone on and on and we lose games from two guys on that Angels team, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. But now we get to see the unanimous reigning AL MVP run it back. And you guys might think I'm crazy, but I think he can be even better. Why? Well, look at the first half. I'm not saying he can be better than that first half of the season, but I think he can be better than he was last season as a whole. You look at the second half, team started walking him. He didn't get anything to hit. Everybody in that Angels lineup was injured. All the, all the forces in that lineup. Mike Trout was out. Rendon was out. Justin Upton was out for a while. Now they're back. So let's say you put Shohei Otani in the two-hole and Mike Trout right behind him. What are you going to do? You're going to walk Shohei Otani to get to Mike Trout? Nope. I wouldn't suggest it. So he's going to get more pitches to hit. So now down the stretch, instead of ending up at, at 46 home runs, he's going to hit 56 home runs. Don't quote me on that. That's a lot of home runs. But seriously, he could be even better. I can't wait. I can't wait for this season. I can't wait to watch Shohei Otani back on the mound, back out on the field. And you know when the first chance to see him is? I saw this a few days ago. A couple weeks ago, I figured this out. And I couldn't believe it. It's too perfect. I started this show, my show, Flipping Bats, This will be season two. I immediately became a massive Shohei Otani fan. I predicted in March of last year, right around this time actually, it was March 12th of last year, I predicted Shohei Otani to win the MVP award. I attached myself to him. I got my own segment on this show all about him. This podcast became huge in Japan because of him. So now we're heading into season two where my brother is back. After two years, he's back. I couldn't be happier about that. I have missed him pitching with every fiber of my being. Since I was born, my brother was playing baseball and I have watched him pitch. Now here we are. Season two. Who do the Astros open up against? Who's my brother finally back gonna pitch against in the first series of the year? Shohei Otani and the Angels in LA, Anaheim, to be fair. Are you serious? It's the perfect storm. You best believe we will be doing everything we can there. It's going to be a blast. But Shohei's back. My brother's back. The perfect storm. But more than that, baseball is back. I could have I shed a couple of tears today. I'm not kidding you. I got really emotional. This is a big day for Major League Baseball. This is a big day in the history of baseball. The game 
will be better for it in the long run with everything that came out of this CBA agreement, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be happier. Flipping Bats is back for season two. We're going to have more episodes for you this year, three times a week, talking to all the best players in the league. It's going to be a blast. Thank you guys for joining me for this initial reaction of baseball being back. Make sure you check out my podcast called Flippin' Bats with Ben Verlander anywhere you listen to podcasts. Listen, this game is important to me. This game is fun. This game is beautiful. It's incredible. I played it professionally for five years. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it to the highest level, but I can make the game better in my own way. And this show does that. I bring on the best players that all the best players in the league and talk about how fun it is and talk about um, everything in their life. And the show is fun and meant to propel the game of baseball. So if you like baseball, check it out. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcast. And it's also available on social media everywhere, Twitter, Instagram. And if you want to watch the episode on YouTube, it is available. uh, The video portion is available. So make sure you check that out as well. But guys, baseball is back. I'm back. Let's go. This has been an incredible day, an incredible show. Thank you for watching and listening, and I will see you next time. Let's go.